Welcome back, Archbishop. Good to be with you. Thank you. It's good to be with you as well. Since it's that time of year, being spring, uh, it's wedding season, it's graduation season, everything kind of seems to come to a head around this time. It's also ordination season. Uh, you recently ordained a number of men to the permanent diaconate. Right? Ten new permanent deacons Ten for the archdiocese. Which is beautiful, a great gift to our local church. And there will be one priestly ordination a little bit later this summer. I have one new priest at the beginning of June. Wonderful. I figured it would be an appropriate moment to reflect on vocations, priestly vocations, fostering them. This is a thing that we hear a lot about and have heard a lot about over the years in our church, the need for fostering vocations. What do you think the biggest challenge is to young men who would be, who might be discerning a call to the priesthood? It's a very good question. I think about it a lot. And since I'm quite a bit older than most of them are, I have to listen, try to listen to uh, them as they speak for themselves. And they're, of course, trying to figure it out. It's a great question on it, you know, without a simple answer. I would say one of the broadest answers or a broadest uh, part of the context is the secular uh, culture in which young people are, are growing up. It's not totally secular, and many of those who uh, discern a call to the priesthood are, come from Catholic families, of course, and, mm-hmm. and other um, experiences in the Catholic community that, that help prepare them to understand the call and, and, and to respond to it. But there's such a prevailing wind in the in the current culture that pulls us in the direction of thinking that everything is settled in this world and that there really isn't another world. That's kind of a general way of putting it. So a, really a call to any vocation in the church, but particularly the priesthood, I would, I would say, is uh, about how to live in this world so as to be ready to, to have full life in, in, in the next world. If it's not just immediately accepted that there is a next world or that it makes any difference, then it's the kind of vocation that perhaps doesn't make a lot of sense. Even if a young man who's either discerning a call to the priesthood or maybe wondering if he might have one, he may be discouraged by people around him, even if he himself has faith, but by people around him who don't have faith or don't have much. They might think that's kind of a waste of his life or his time and and might communicate that to him. I think people get that somewhat just passively, mm-hmm. maybe it's it's in the air. It's right. in some families, I think, uh, too. So that that would be would be one thing. There's uh, the um, uh, uh, the uh, I think many people sort of see the the call to the priesthood as a, a, a as a kind of a rejection of the of the married vocation, and so it certainly in our practice in the church is either or, but it's not uh, rejecting one thing. It's really accepting in favor of another, just as marriage isn't the rejection of something, and it, it really is a response to the to a positive call, mm-hmm. uh, um, call from the Lord. So I don't know. I mean, it's a complicated, complicated question. I feel like I'm not going anywhere too much. No, with no, it here. sure. That's that's those make total sense. I think. Yeah, I think maybe the the conventional wisdom right now would say, and many many in the media would have secular media would would have us believe that because th- there's been this crisis of confidence in the church in terms of the, the conduct of clergy and because of misconduct in, uh, in the past, that nobody in their right mind would want to look at um, joining the, mm-hmm. the ranks of, of, the, of the priesthood, the ordained ministers in, in the church. And actually, there's no evidence that, that that's true right now. Uh, anecdotally, I can say, over the last year and a half or so, we've had more young men express an interest in at least discussing the possibility. We have uh, several events throughout the year when people can come and meet with me and with our vocation director, Father Rosa, or when they can attend things that are connected to ordinations or other things involving the priesthood. 
the numbers of men who have attended those, often with their parish priest, are larger than we've seen in, in, in recent years. Hmm. That's just a fact. I don't know what that means, sure. you know, in, in terms of the, again, what, what people would, would call the current crisis in the church and, and in the clergy. But I'm very encouraged to see that. I sh- I've shared that information with our priest recently at a, at a priest jubilee celebration because I think some would lead us to think that nobody would look in our direction whatsoever mm-hmm. with the idea of joining us, and it's simply not the case. So what we don't see is that, you know just people rushing the doors to get in uh, to apply to the seminary, but we do have a good number of applicants and good ones. So that stream of uh, prospective vocations uh, continues to, to come to us. Many who consider the vocation or, or who even inquire about it or visit the seminary discern that they're not really being called right. uh, to, to the priesthood. That's normal. That's always always been the case. But I'm happy when we can have the conversation and, and when young men, through their own prayer and through the encouragement of others, discern that it's possible the Lord is calling them and they're willing to explore that uh, with somebody who can help them understand what it might mean and who can give them direction and support. I've known a number of guys who, who seriously considered who engaged in formal discernment, either went to seminary or did a a month-long discernment process with a retreat or that that sort of thing under guidance. Mm -hmm. And by and large, the the ones I've known have, the decision they made ultimately was not, as you said, a rejection of something like, well, no, no priesthood. Eh, I'm I'm negative on the priesthood now. Mm -hmm. Rather, this is not where the Lord is calling me. He's calling me somewhere else. And so it it seems that what we see in younger, younger generations, particularly today, is perhaps the lack is just a, a sense of vocation writ large. That, you know, if you're not living a relationship of that nature where you say, I really want to know what, what my life is for. I'm going to talk to somebody about it. I'm going to pray. I, I have some vague intimation of what that means, what prayer means. It's going to bear fruit in, in, in some way, I would think. But no, that's, that's a good point. And that goes back to the, the first question that, that you asked. And I, I think this is a, it's a point worth considering that there isn't often in young people, we don't often communicate to them the adventure of imagining that it's true, but they kind of imagine God has given them life for, for a really beautiful purpose. It has a, it has a deep meaning. Uh, God has a plan in mind for them that will really mean a lot of joy and fulfillment. There'll be challenges as, as there are for everything. God doesn't play games with us. So it's a, it can seem mysterious as we're growing up exactly what path our life might take. But it's not because God's trying to hide it. It's not like a murder mystery, you know, where there's clues hidden, and maybe you won't, maybe you'll never find them, or you'll never figure it out. But it does take some discernment, it takes some growing up and growing into an understanding of, of what our, who we are, what our gifts are, and then what some of the possibilities are for living a, a life that's meaningful, not just for myself, but for for others in the church and in the world. Our culture is, is very utilitarian, and I'm afraid many young people grow up today with a sense of, of that they have to figure out what they're supposed to do and how much money they're supposed to make and where they're supposed to fit in in, in a kind of a practical sense mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in society without, again, that larger sense that there's a world beyond this world and that the that things that we do and experience here, have an, they reverberate in the, into eternity. So there's a meaning for them here, of course, but, but it, there's a larger, a larger meaning for who we are and, and what we do. And we can come to understand what that is by, by God's grace. There are many examples of people who have gone before us in our church and in the world who, who have discovered that about, about themselves and about, about God's plan for them and who have been very happy and fulfilled themselves and, and also have made a huge contribution in the lives of other people. 
you describe this as a discovery of oneself and not just as the discovery of something one's going to do, like a job or picking a major, as important and mm -hmm. determinative of one's life as those things can be. You anticipated my next question, which is, how does a young person know what they're called to? Or specifically, how does a young man know he's called to the priesthood? Or how does he begin to get that inkling and then foster it into a certainty? Yeah, so it would be great to have a simple formula for, for that. But at this, as I said before, God's not playing games with us. So he's not trying to um, uh, just, just mess with our minds or, or, our, or our hearts or our futures. Uh, Pope Benedict said on more than one occasion that young people should be encouraged to spend time with the Lord in prayer and that the more we spend time with him, the more clear our vocation becomes because we make ourselves available for the Lord to communicate to us the vocation, the, the plan that is really for our good, for our flourishing. So that, I, I think, is sounds almost too simple and too basic, but it's really the, it, it is a great foundation, a great place for any of us to, to begin. It's beautiful to see in many of our schools and, and in youth programs and in other retreat opportunities, young people are, are led to have some time in reflection and in contemplation, time before the Blessed Sacrament, or, or time to reflect uh, prayerfully with one another uh, in response to the scriptures or or to other questions of, of faith, they learn how to do that, but then they also discover that in, that, in those moments of, of prayer, the Lord really will, will speak to us. I think we also, when we're growing up, all benefit from the guidance and the encouragement of adults who we respect and who we sense respect us and want uh, good for us. So parents, certainly, but also teachers, other you know, family, friends, coaches, people who have, have contact with young people and have, have an influence over them ought to make it our responsibility to reflect back to the young person what we see are beautiful qualities and tendencies to be generous, to be faithful, to be prayerful. Uh, and particularly with young, if we see a young man who we think has qualities that might serve him and the church well as uh, in the priesthood, to be able to say that respectfully. Mm -hmm. I found over the years when, when I've done that or I, as I watch other people do it, it's hardly ever received as an insult, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. but, but a young man will usually receive it as a compliment. He might be surprised. He might not be surprised. Maybe he's thinking it himself. But in any case, it's an encouragement, not so much to be a priest. It might, we would like to encourage that if that's his vocation, but it's, it's this more general encouragement to, to think about a vocation, you know, that God's calling you to something and the encouragement to pray about it and with a generous heart respond as well as one can. Absolutely. I know. I mean, I know personally that was made a huge impact on my, my formative years, particularly when the, the nice older ladies would grab me by the elbow after serving mass and say, you look great in the cassock, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> you look great up there, you should do that. And it wasn't just the look thing, but she, they said, yeah, he seems to kind of take this seriously. And it was, it was a shock initially. It was the sort of thing as a young man, they're like, oh, I, don't, I, didn't even, I didn't even consider it. But, but even considering it was, was very fruitful because mm -hmm. it put me in contact with Jesus and that's the point, right? I guess so. Anyway, not to oversimplify, but um, no, I think it's it's very um, appropriate to encourage a young person to ask the Holy Spirit to help in, enlighten them about their own gifts and about God's desires for them, and to that you'll be praying for them too. And I think it over it's overdoing a little to say I'm going to pray that you become a priest. <laughs> right. or I'm going to pray that you know you do any specific thing. Cause it's really not my place or anybody else's business uh, so much, but uh, we but we do want to. Um, just affirm the goodness that we see mm -hmm. in people and help them see that, that their life has such value in itself and in God's plan and that they can, um, as good stewards of that gift, dedicate themselves to, to something that's 
that's important. And the, and they'll love doing it when they've yeah. as as they figure out figure out what it is. Yeah. This is another problem, and it goes back to the time of Adam and Eve, that, <laughs> that the the devil would love us to think that God is trying to compete with us for our lives, mm. and that if we let God in, somehow we were diminished. Mm-hmm. You know, God's going to come and try to get me to do something that I really don't want to do, mm-hmm. or that's going to be bad for me. Mm-hmm. And if I give in to God's plan, I'm not going to get to do my plan. I'm not going to have any fun or something. We know as we get older, uh, we hope if we do give in to God's plan and, and try to understand God's will and, and do it, that it really does mean fulfillment for us. We do discover ourselves more deeply and and are able to give ourselves more more completely to, to, to something that, that's good and, and fruitful. But there's always that that temptation. Even once we've found a vocation or tried to live it, we still have that temptation to, to be stingy about our lives, to be selfish at certain at certain moments and, and to think, well, you know, if I do God's will or find out more about God's plan, that God's going to impose something on me. Yep. That's not how our loving Father works in our lives, but it's tempting to think that way sometimes. Right, yeah. Freedom as radical autonomy as opposed to yeah. something that suits you, it's fitted to you. Yeah, that's absolutely. I face that temptation, I know. As, sure. as we you know, think of a vocation to the priesthood, it's a call to share in the one priesthood of Jesus Christ. And he has been, remains effective as, as our eternal high priest by being obedient to, to the will of the Father and pouring himself out in service of the, of the will of the Father for, for our sake. And he reigns gloriously at the, at the right hand of the Father as a result of doing that or as the fulfillment of who he is, the second person of the Trinity. I mean, I don't mean to say that Jesus earned, had to earn that spot or something, sure. but, but we see that love and obedience are the same thing for him, and that, you know, they don't mm-hmm. contradict each other, and that he's able to be obedient to the will of the Father in freedom. It's not imposed on him. He does that freely, and and it's glorious. It's the ultimate in glory, praise, fulfillment, however we want to say it. So none of us is God. We don't have share in the same in glory and fulfillment to the same degree. We might say, but that's what the Lord invites us to when He reveals His plan to us. When a man discerns a vocation to, to the priesthood, he's invited to it, a share in in the Lord's obedience, but also in the Lord's glory for the sake of the love of God and, and the love of, of God's people. As you mentioned, there's a lot of scrutiny on, on the clergy today in, a, in our current environment, but I think all the time in, in the life of the church, there's a particular relationship between the people and, and the priest, as you said, as, as configured to Christ, the head. You know, we hear this language a lot, and this has been for decades, about a shortage of priests, that sort of language about uh, scarcity. There aren't enough. So while it may seem like an obvious question to some, but how do we know that we have the right number or we don't have the right number? How do we know we don't have enough? Yeah, it's not, right. I don't know what the right number is. I've mentioned in various places around the archdiocese that I, in my prayer every morning, I, I pray for more vocations and I tell the Lord, if you're asking me, I think we need more priests. <laughs> right. But then I put that in his hands. But I see the, the good that's done by a good, generous, dedicated priest, and I'd like to see more of that. How many priests does the Lord want us to have, and how many do we need to, to fulfill his plan for, for our archdiocese, for our parishes? I don't know, don't know the, uh, the exact number. We know that it's his will that we have priests, and our mm-hmm. people want and need the sacraments. So the, it's important that we foster vocations to the priesthood, that we pray for them, that we support those, those who are, um, are called. And in, in particular, in terms of the numbers, I would like to hope that uh, there's no young man in our archdiocese who's being 
called by the Lord to the priesthood, who for some reason can't hear that call, mm-hmm. so that the, the community's not supportive or the culture's so noisy, and so there's no, that it wouldn't be possible for him to think about it and, re, and, mm-hmm. and respond to it. That's where the rest of us come in. So not we don't just uh, target certain people and say you're going to be a priest, or we say to a parish, we've got to get, we need five from here, or else, um, <laughs> right. that wouldn't work anyway. But we want to make sure that I would think that every young man thinks of it. I, that, that was certainly the context that I grew up in, and that's a long time ago, of course. But I would say that almost every Catholic boy that I know that I grew up with at, at least thought about the idea of the of the priesthood mm. and thought about himself as a priest. And some would have rejected it very quickly. But it was just pretty normal for us to know that that's something we, that we should each think about. I'm not sure that's that's the case now. I don't know. Again, I'm not a young person, and I don't really know what exactly what people are thinking. But I think that's the responsibility of the of the Catholic community to create a culture in, in which uh, young people are invited to know that, that that God has something very special in mind mm-hmm. for them. That's good, not just for them, but but for the rest of the community that they can come to know that through prayer and through conversation with other people who are wise and, and respectful of them. And then, then they can explore that a little bit more explicitly. In the case of a young man feeling, uh, feeling that he may be called to the priesthood, he can have a conversation with a priest, with our vocation director, with the spiritual director, with, with others, and apply it to the, to the seminary. There is a path that, that would lead to the priesthood for somebody who is called yeah. there, and we can help somebody follow that path. In the family, I, I would assume this was something that was just a known quantity for you growing up, right? That the, that was a category of possibility. Sure. Priest, I, religious, priesthood, religious life, something like that. Yeah. My parents were introduced to each other by a priest. There you and, go. And he remained a good friend of theirs, so I knew him. And um, it was true. We, the parish priests were spoken of respectfully. They w- would be invited to our home so we could see his kids, al- that, that along with other Locations. We had, my parents had lots of married couple friends, you know, who were also mm-hmm. part of our life growing up, of course, and our extended family. But all of those people were respected, and we we, we picked that up from our parents, of course. And for me to think about myself uh, becoming a priest, that wasn't met with any kind of hostility. Mm-hmm. My parents were very supportive. I have to also say at the same time, I didn't feel uh, that, that they were pushing me into it either, uh, which I'm very grateful for. I was mm-hmm. then, and, and, and I am now. <laughs> But there was support there, and and uh, you know they seemed to understand how to how to do that. Yeah, that seems to be key. Is that it's a uh, for anything you know anyone we love we don't we don't want to force them into a mm-hmm. into a box or compel them to do our our bidding. But it is a it's a great and beautiful thing. Show them it's a great beautiful thing. That's that's what I want for my my own kids and for our community. Yeah. Anything else that comes to mind that anything else we can we can do or or a particular sort of prayer we can take up that would help us take a step forward in fostering this kind of culture of, of discernment and of, of responding to vocations. Yeah, we have very, very active Sarah clubs in the archdiocese and their mission is to, to support vocations to the priesthood and the consecrated life. They provide prayer resources in parishes and many parishes take them up, you know, prayers for, for vocations. So I would in, encourage that. There are many, uh, you know, options in, in, that, uh, in that regard. I think as we, th- as we think about what's the right number of, of priests, I would say we have more than average number and much better than average quality of priests in our, in our archdiocese. And a, a way to, sh- to show re- respect for the priesthood is for the laity in the parish to, to kind of come alongside the priest respectfully and offer not just to the priest, but to the parish, to the Lord, their their own gifts. 
so that we see that every baptized person has a, uh, is being called by the Lord to contribute to the life of the church and to the evangelizing efforts of the church that we don't put a priest on a pedestal in a sense of, of trying to pretend that he's some kind of an idealized human being in, in some way or that we're depending on him to do all the work of the, of the parish, to keep the life of the, of the parish going. That's something that we all share. And I, I think the kind of um, leadership approaches that we're trying to encourage in parishes across the archdiocese helps um, our priests to flourish. Mm -hmm. I think it helps young people see that as a healthy way of life and a healthy vocation that has a lot of, that's related in a very healthy way to, to, the, to people in, in, in the parish, not in a clerical sort of superior way. The, 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 the role of the priest is unique in the parish and we can't really have parish life for very long with you know without uh, a priest at the head of the of, of the parish community so we encourage young people to think respectfully about the priesthood by respecting our, our, our priests ourselves but not just in, in talking about it but in investing ourselves alongside the priest with with his uh, leadership with his shepherding in in the in a vibrant uh, parish experience Archbishop, thank you for uh, helping us uh, to to pay attention to this to this need and for fostering either an awareness about the vocations that that our Lord has planted in each one of us and for the example of your own vocation. As I look at younger people and I look at the young people who live in my house, I think that's that I definitely know. I, I want I, I see people in the life of the church that I want them to see and to emulate, and I think that's that's the critical. The critical part of this is that our community lives in a way that we see one another's vocations and say, ah, there's the Lord working, right? So, Yeah, I, that was my experience growing up. I think yeah. you described it very well, and I've just encouraged you with that because I think <laughs> it, it, it really is effective. Wonderful. Well, we continue to pray, ask everybody who's listening to continue to pray for, as you mentioned, any of the young men who might be hearing a call or might be suspecting that the Lord is knocking, um, they would answer, that all of us would do the same in, in whatever the, the calling the Lord has for us. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Archbishop. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, a podcast of the Archdiocese of Omaha. For more information, visit archomaha.org slash podcast.